The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Liz Gold and Jody Paydar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here are your hosts, Jody and Liz. Hey, Liz, are you ready? Oh, Jody, you know I am. Let's get radical. So we're back. We're back to where we are usually, right? We're not on the road anymore, sadly. Yeah, we're sitting in front of our Skypes again. So it was so good to see you and be live and I know it was on the radio. It was fun. It was fun to be next to you and like talking to all of our guests. I mean, we did like 36 segments, I think, right? Crazy. And it was the content was so good, though. Like I was so engaged in all the financial planning and all the accounting stuff. Now, I know I'm a geek. But I think even if you weren't a CPA or a financial planner, you would learn something. Well, I agree because, you know, we've talked to a lot of interesting people like influencers like Bob Verres, um and Michael Sitkus. And yeah, I mean, we really learned a lot about trends in financial planning and wealth management, as well as all of the technology, aka the cloud that is busting up the audit and tax world. So that was pretty cool. I learned and a lot forget, about Abbott's. Yeah, audits. I was going to say, don't forget <laughs> Peter Zion, too, who was like our I know. geopolitical guru who told I us know. how the world is not ending. I know. I don't know how his brain does not explode. I mean, he has so much information in there. But uh, yeah, it was a really good time. We were at in uh, AICPA Engage in Vegas uh, last week in the middle of June. And, uh, you know, at the MGM Grand, we had a nice setup. Voice America was there. We really, we, I think we really kicked it. Absolutely. I think we totally rocked it. And, um, but now we're back. (laughs) Yeah, now we're back. And, um, you know, happy to be back. We have a really fantastic guest today. And I'm really excited to have her on the show. And because it's a little different. We're we're talking to actually a person that came from academia and created a consulting practice and a coaching practice from that and also is focused on kids um, and the people who influence kids. And I think, so let me give, let me just read Barb's bio so you have an idea of um, what she, who she is and what she does. So Barb O'Neill helps teachers, program directors, and families with young children who are struggling with children's behavior. She does this by helping them shift their beliefs and learn to use simple yet transformative play-based strategies. Barb is the creator of the Transform Challenging Behavior Method, which she teaches through her trainings, coaching, and consulting practice. She typically works with programs serving children from birth to five years old, including Head Start programs, child care centers, preschools, and nursery schools. She's the co-editor of the book, Play, Performance, Learning, and Development, Exploring the Relationship. Welcome, to the show, Barb. Hi, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, so so tell us like how you got into early childhood education. Yeah, I it was kind of an unexpected choice for me in a way because I went to school for labor relations actually as an undergrad. And after I graduated, much to my parents' dismay, I was working as a server at Fridays. Mm-hmm. And I happened to meet a friend who worked as a preschool teacher. And one day she said to me, didn't you say you loved kids? We need a part-time assistant in my preschool. And so I just started doing that part-time. 
And then I loved it instantly. And I went on to study early childhood special ed um, at the master's level and then went on to become a preschool teacher, preschool special ed teacher, eventually got my doctorate and became an early childhood professor. And during part of that time, directed a campus-based center for children. So, uh, it you know, it wasn't something I knew right away when I went to college, but I stumbled into it and then just immediately knew it was the right path for me. Yeah, it, it just goes to show the power of an interaction and how that really can change the course, you know, of somebody's life. And so, I mean, you you have basically, you know, charted a path for yourself. And so how did you, I mean, you went, we talked about how you went from academia to consulting. And so what was the catalyst that, you know, took you to decide that you wanted to start your own business? Mm-hmm. Well, it's something that I have been thinking about for many years. I loved being a professor in many ways. And I also just always felt like, yes, the research was interesting. And I was glad to be writing about what I was researching and the methods that I was finding to be really helpful in supporting young children. And I love teaching college, but I just really wanted the percentage of my time that I was in classrooms and more directly influencing preschool teachers to be greater. And I felt like that was really where my strengths lie and what I enjoyed the most. And in the last few years of my work as a professor, I was directing a campus early childhood center. So I was able to spend a lot more time doing professional development with the teachers. And I just that I just decided that that was something I wanted to try to do full time because I saw that I was really able to help them and help the children and families they were working with. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like there was a need for some support there. And how did you, well, I guess, what was the first step you took when you decided that, okay, you're going to do this, you're going to start the consulting get the company? What was the first step you took to make it happen? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's kind of a, I really like that question because it, from, you know, I, I think of myself as kind of a risk taker and I like to, you know, live up to that reputation a little. Mm-hmm. So I do say like, oh, I just took the risk and left eight years of being a professor, but it really wasn't um, quite as risky as that in a certain way. Of course, there was a risk in leaving a stable job, but I had been, um really studying a lot about starting a business and did um, Marie Forleo's B-School several years before and was studying, you know, how to start, start, how to position yourself for your market and define your ideal client. And I also, when I was going to do conference presentations, which I did frequently for my job as a professor, I was collecting people's emails to say, let's stay connected. I can follow up and send you some resources. So I was, I wasn't sure that I was going to do that necessarily. I thought I might just do it as something on the side, but then after several years of thinking about it and I just saw how much uh, teachers were struggling with behavior, with children's behavior, I just thought, you know, I think this is the right thing to do and I can do it as kind of a calculated risk. So do the schools actually hire you to help teach their preschool teachers or who actually um, hires you? Usually it's exactly what you're saying. Um, Most of my clients are Head Start um, programs, which is for people, if your listeners don't know, is a federally funded early childhood program for children who are living in families that are low income. And so the good thing about one, I mean, there's many good things about Head Start. And one thing that's really great is they do typically have somewhat of a budget for professional development for teachers. So for training and they have days they close the school for that. And um, in some cases, they also have training for coaching. So I have, for example, one program I'm working with in New York where I did some training for them. And then I'm doing both on-site training when I'm able to go out there to New York and some video coaching for teachers. So so I have a personal story that's connected to this. And I think teachers like you are a godsend because my <laughs> son, who's now 15, when he was in preschool, they suggested that we hold him back a year because he wasn't like 
mature mm. enough, right, to go to the next level. And then um, we, uh, so he's, he spent an extra year in preschool. And then when he got to kindergarten, he was failing kindergarten. So like they sent us for additional educational mm. testing, et cetera. And it was honestly, it was the preschool teacher who caught it. And because we got him, you know, intervention early enough, because he was in preschool, that um, he, and I just have to brag a little minute, minute now, <laughs> now he's going into high school, and he scored off the charts on his entrance exam, and so he's in the 97th percentile, and had they not caught it in preschool and helped give him the additional services that he needed to make us aware of it, we would have never, like, he would have just struggled and um, and it and honestly, it is because of his preschool teacher being mm. aware enough to say, "Hey, you know, he just needs a little extra help here." And then you know, we went for educational testing, et cetera. But and so, I mean, it really does make a difference that if you catch it that when they're that little, that they grow up to you know get straight A's, and you know, they don't have all the struggles that they have if he wouldn't have been figured this out till he was like in fourth or fifth grade. Right, absolutely. And I, I'm so glad you're sharing. Am I allowed to jump in and say something? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> um, I'm so glad you're sharing that story, Jody, because, you know, that's exactly the idea of, you know, what we call early intervention is that, you know, children can get some services. Um, it's slightly different. Uh, system and funding stream, but both birth through three, and then from three to five in the preschool years, like you're saying, and that the whole idea of it is that you can give the child that extra support then, and that they don't necessarily need to continue that once they get into kindergarten and beyond. For a lot of children, that extra help during those years really does make the difference. Well, right. And I don't think people get that, right? I think they don't, I well, I shouldn't say not all people, right? But I think that um, you know, if I wasn't a product of it and I wouldn't have seen all the help that he got, I wouldn't have realized, you know, how lucky we were that they found it so early so we could give him the supportive services he needed then. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think people don't know that that is um, something that's available and that you can go through your, usually it's the school district um, for the testing and that if the child qualifies for services, that that is funded. You know, I mean, unfortunately, it seems like some areas it's getting a little stingier with that. And, you know, I don't mean the professionals who are doing the evaluation are stingy, but this, the funding has shifted over time on that. But there are definitely um, services available. So it's a great thing for anyone who's has any concerns about their child, even if their preschool teacher hasn't mentioned it to know about. Yeah, I love that story, and congrats to Jimmy for rocking it, and uh, he's now going into high school. That's amazing, Jody. You have a high school age. Well, yes, you already had a high school. school. <laughs> you already had a high school age child. So okay, so but we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break. But when we come back, we're gonna talk to Barb a little bit more about um, the types of people and the children that she works with, and what are some challenging behaviors. So stay tuned. it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. 
Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at Let's Get Radical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Paydar. And our guest today is Barb O'Neill. She is the founder of Transform Challenging Behavior. And she helps teachers, program directors, and families with young children who are struggling with children's behavior. So, Barb, I have to ask you, what? how do you define a challenging behavior mm-hmm. in a child? In a child. I mean, we I think we all know what happens in adults, but how do you, de- how do you define it for children? <laughs> Yeah, I well, in early childhood, that's a big term that we use, challenging behavior. And in some sense, I would say a challenging behavior is any behavior that challenges the adult. Um, (laughs) So because that's what teachers need the help with. I think, you know, there are you can find some official definitions um, in terms of it's any behavior that interferes with the child's learning or full participation in the classroom, either their own or those around them. Uh, But really, for my work, what I try to do is help teachers with whatever they're struggling with. So I and to shift the problem or the perception of the problem from being the child Mm -hmm. to looking at, well, this child is not being successful in this classroom. And that is ultimately my problem as the teacher, you know, and it's all of our problem. And we need, that's what we need to uh, shift or transform. And and so are teachers open to that kind of philosophy or do they want to, and this is uh, maybe a terrible question for you, but do they want to shift the blame to the child? Or do they want to do? They want to sort of. They recognize that it's a bigger issue than just the child. Yeah, that's a really good question. I think it's it's really a mix. You know, I mean, if you think of for any of us the things we struggle in our day to day life, we probably have like some days where we want to put the blame on other people for how things are going. And then some days where we're able to see our own role. And, you know, depending on everything from how much sleep you got to whether or not you ate well to how much you've been exposed to things that would help you to look at and reflect on your own role, you you know, you're going to approach things differently. So part of how I see my work is to help teachers realize that they can always continue to make shifts in what they're doing in terms of approaching the child in a more strength-based way, shifting their classroom activities, um, individualizing their supports for children, that there, there's pretty much always more to do then. And certainly sometimes it might be the case of, you know, maybe this classroom really isn't the best match for this child, but um, that's very rare that I would really end up feeling that way and that teachers and families and directors usually do. So, I I mean, that's the work, basically, is to -hmm. to shift that mindset um, to thinking about what can I do and then trying out some different strategies. Well, and I would think that would make it would be comforting to a teacher who's already frustrated because they've tried everything, all their tricks, and it's not working. So now it's like, okay, where do I go for more tricks? Because, you know, I would think most teachers want to be teachers, right? They didn't end up teachers because that, that's not what they wanted to do. But I think they just get at, exasperated sometimes, right? So mm-hmm. it's good for them to have a support to, you know, when their tricks run out, they can go to someone else's bag of tricks. Right. Absolutely. And sometimes it's also not just what you're using, like in terms of specific like 
tricks, as you're saying, or strategies, but it's also how you're doing it, you know? So if you're trying to do something that you read or your supervisor told you, but your heart's not in it and you don't approach it with like a confident stance, then it probably won't work. You know, you have to, each teacher, I have lots of strategies I can teach, but each teacher ultimately needs to find their own way in terms of what they feel comfortable with and then what's going to work for each group of kids and each individual child within that group. Yeah, and I know that you are pretty hands-on and you do a lot of modeling um, in in the classrooms. And can you give us an example of, you know, some sort of strategy that you would suggest um, for a sort of a typical situation that might be challenging with a child? Yeah, so one thing is... Most of what I teach is I'm trying to help teachers look at the patterns of behavior and where they see a child, say, grabbing another child's toy, resisting directions. You know, I realized before you asked me what is challenging behavior, and I, I didn't mean to not answer that. In a, you know, it could be anything from hitting, biting, uh, throwing a temper tantrum, not following directions. You know, some some cases you see really extreme behavior like throwing chairs, running out of the classroom. Um, but whatever it is, there tends to be patterns. So it's really looking at those patterns and saying, how can we prevent that? You know, and so, for example, one thing, and this is something I think that parents and families can use at home, too, is when you're getting ready um, in our early childhood, we talk about transitions. So it's like cleaning up the toys to go outside or cleaning up the toys to come together on the rug and read a story is a transition, right? And some children, I mean, understandably don't want to clean up, you know, because I don't know, most, a lot of us don't like to clean up. And especially if you liked the play you were doing, you were having fun. So one thing is to just give a five minute reminder, which most, most teachers do for the whole class. But for any child that resists the transition to clean up, uh, just to go over and give them an individual reminder that that's coming. And the spin on it that I like to add is to think about what's going to be motivating for that child. So if you're cleaning up to gather and read a story and you know that child likes books or you're reading one of their favorite stories, and I recommend if they've been resisting that you start reading some of their favorite stories, you know, to just let them know in five minutes we're going to clean up so that we can read The Very Hungry Caterpillar. And then going back to them after you make the announcement to the whole class and say, you know, now it's time to clean up. Let's hurry up and clean so we can read The hun- Hungry Caterpillar. Mm-hmm. So that And that makes a huge difference. It's really simple, but you're um, giving them the warning. You're giving them the individual attention. You're giving them something that's motivational. If they like the story or whatever's coming up next on the horizon that might be motivating, you can carry the bubbles for us to go outside. Um, and also, I really advocate for the use of the phrase, let's. So rather mm-hmm. than saying, you know, you have to clean up now, you put all those toys on the floor to say, let's clean up so that mm-hmm. you're teaming with them to move through the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's great advice. And I think, you know, I, I love how you have on your website, which is everybody should go to it, transformchallengingbehavior.com. But, you know, in terms of like from the marketing perspective, you know, you work with teachers and directors primarily, but you also have resources for families, which, you know, typically I know you don't really do a lot with families, but for the sake of the show, which I know there are a lot of business owners that are probably listening to this mm-hmm. while they're working at home. And now that it's summer, there's more kids around, you know, what, what advice would you have for business owners who are also, you know, working from home and have childcare duties and may sort of be, confronted with some challenging (laughs) behavior. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, one of the things that I teach is uh, what I call improv-based play support. And it's really just a fancy phrase that because I use the principles of theater improvisation to help teachers play with children. And, but in the, at the simplest level, it's really about playing with children. So I think, you know, you don't have to come do a day long training with me to know that, you know, your child is going to have certain games or toys or materials or pretend play scenarios, especially in the uh, preschool years that they like. And so, you know, obviously, 
every parent or family member who's caring for their child is going to have to decide like how to organize their day and what's going to work best. But if you find that, that your child's really vying for your attention and interrupting you, I would say, you know, dedicate time, whether it's maybe first thing in the morning to set yourselves up for success, or especially if children are a little older and they can handle some delayed gratification, where you're really giving them your full attention and, you know, putting the cell phone away, closing the computer and just really playing with them for for young children. And that's, I mean, I mostly deal with preschool, but, you know, that can be up to eight, nine, 10, whatever it is they like to play. And to just really connect with your child and continue to build that relationship and show them that you value their interests and what they're doing, even though, of course, you do. But getting inside the child's play with them is so powerful. I mean, and that for teachers, and I think it can work for parents, too, can really be a way to shift the child's behavior Um because if you're in play with them, you're just sending a powerful message. You're following their lead. You can throw out some ideas, get them to follow your lead. And then, you know, they're going to possibly start listening to you more at other times a day because they're used to following your lead then and not resisting it. And yeah. do you think that, um, like, children today are being parented by distracted parents and that it's affecting their behavior? Well, that's a big question, huh? Um, <laughs> Good one, Jody. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not going to say no to that. I guess I I, I think we're, I, I, and I guess, you know, just like I'm saying, I want to, I, I, I like to be very careful of, I don't want to sound in anything um, like we're, you know, blaming kids for something, blaming teachers, blaming parents. So I, right. I, I think the challenge of not being constantly distracted by our gadgets is is something we're all facing, <laughs> parents, yeah. not parents. And, um, you know, I, I think that just poses very particular challenges in relationships, everybody's relationships. So I think every everyone, including parents, have to figure out how they want to navigate that. So... Uh, yeah, that, I think that's a particular challenge. I, I don't know personally whether, like, were parents less distracted before or were they just distracted by something else? I don't know. I'm right. sure there's someone researching that and looking into history. <laughs> I don't feel personally like I'm really in a position to yeah. make a big commentary on that, you know? But I do like how you said it's important to put this phone down and have, like, mm-hmm. quality time. And I think that goes, uh, you know, that can be... Re- Related to any sort of relationship, like mm-hmm. like you said, you know, obviously, if your child sees you on your phone constantly, they're going to get a message that they're not me- necessarily that important, you know, or there always has to be something in between, you know, the two of you. So, um, but we have to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk more with Barb O'Neill. So stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important 
But the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Jody Paydar, and I'm here with Liz Gold, and you are listening to Let's Get Radical. And we are talking to Barb O'Neill, who is doing her educational consulting business, and she's a relatively new business owner, so I'm pretty excited in this segment to kind of ask her a little bit more about her business. But first, I do have to give a quick shout-out to Intuit as a thank you for sponsoring our show. So, Barb, um, when you decided that you were going to go out on your own, what were um, some of the things that you did initially from a business perspective to get set up? Did you get a website? Um, did you like set up some accounting software? Did you hire a professional? What were those first couple steps that you took when you said, oh my goodness, I'm in business now, I need to do this? Yeah, well, I, that's, you know, that part was a little overwhelming to me. Like, how do I do this and what do I need to know? Um, but I, I, one of the first things I did do was get up a website and, you know, I have to say, try as I may, people were like, oh, you just get a simple Square, uh, Squarespace account or, a, you know, WordPress. I, that, I finally had to face facts that that was not my area of expertise and was not so simple to me. So I did hire someone to do a Squarespace website for me. And of course, then I still had to write all the content and figure out the pictures and so on. So it wasn't like it was just snap your fingers and delegate the task, but it it ended up being a fun challenge. So that was one of the things I did do. Um, One of the other things that is really funny in a way that you just gave a shout out to your sponsor there, because I did set up uh, QuickBooks for my, uh, keep a track of my money pretty early on. Um, And that's been really helpful to me. And I did, uh, I do have an accountant that I'm working with as well. So last year, I was very happy. I actually prepaid my taxes quarterly and got a little money back. So that was obviously a big thrill. (laughs) I mean, that's important, (laughs) because I think a lot of people um, don't see the value in that. So the fact that you like recognize that that was an important step um, in being a business owner, I think is really important. Yeah, and related to that, I did set up you know, a business uh, checking account and got a business credit card right when I was making the transition because I really wanted to keep my finances separate right from the beginning, even though I was operating as a um, sole proprietor. That's what you're supposed to do. So you did all the right things. Thank you. (laughs) Check, 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 check. So I know, I know, Barb, you're, you are into marketing. And if you go to Barb's website, and I'll say it again, transformchallengingbehavior.com, that there's a ton of resources on there. Um, You have a blog, you know, I love how your, you know, services are break, uh, broken down um, for, you know, in terms of who you're actually targeting, you know, families, directors, teachers and you have ways people can contact you for each of those different demographics so so how important is marketing to you and you know I I, you know you just told me that you're making a commitment to your newsletter and blogging but you know tell us about why that's important for you Mm -hmm. I I guess to me the, the marketing piece has been like a really fun challenge because I I'm just getting to learn in a whole new area, you know, as someone who has spent my life studying education and early childhood education specifically, but also, you know, teaching adults, I've been studying that. So looking into, you know, what everyone's recommending in terms of marketing and learning about how to identify your ideal customer and speak to them, that has been a fun challenge to me. And I've, I've spent a decent amount of time over the last year 
talking to a lot of center directors because ultimately that's who hires me. But um, even for people who maybe don't have a budget to bring me in to train their teachers or, or something like that, I'm meeting them at conferences. And so I feel like I've really gotten a chance to learn what their struggles are and their goals. And so then for me to try to use that both in writing what I send out in my newsletters and what I'm blogging about and thinking about what kind of things I might offer in terms of services and uh, potentially products, like I'm looking at developing an online course, that's been a fun challenge for me. So why don't we talk about your your online course? Because I know you are um, in the process of launching that. And why don't you tell us a little bit about about that process and also who it's targeted for? Sure. So I do a lot of, you know, I, I do a lot of training right now where I'm going out to centers and then sometimes that is in conjunction with doing some coaching. But as I said, sometimes I speak to directors who for smaller centers, preschools, nursery schools, childcare centers, my approach does really resonate with them, but they're not necessarily in a position to have a budget to bring someone out to train, especially if they're not in my geographic area. I'm in LA and I have Head Start programs that I go and train throughout Southern California. Um, sometimes Northern California, like I said, I have one in New York, but for, you know, sometimes it's just not feasible for me or them. And so the online course is really for directors who want to learn more about my methods that I teach in terms of helping teachers with the mindset piece and develop their confidence, um, this play-based support, and then also looking at things like managing those uh, circle times and transitions, if that's where they're seeing behavior problems and making the transitions and group experiences for young children more engaging and setting the kids up for success. So the idea of the online course is that through um, doing some sessions that are more content heavy where I'm sharing ideas and then doing more coaching with the directors, they can take the ideas back to their centers and their Mm. teachers and share them. So essentially they're gonna do the training. which a lot of them are doing already, you know, so it's finding a way to support them in bringing the methods that I'm advocating to their staff. Right. And I mean, I think that's a really smart strategy because not only is it at a different price point and it makes it more accessible for those people who, you know, may not be able to afford you or are far away, you know, it also, um, you know, it, it, gives you that one-on-one time and allows the person to go back to their their center and do it themselves, whereas probably the next level up is to have you come in and do your thing in person, right? So it's like, a, it's, a, it's a way for people to get, um, to work with you. It's just another price point. It's another entry in, you know, just from a marketing mm-hmm. perspective. So I think that's pretty... Pretty smart, Barb. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, you know, because some directors are already trying to do that. They come to my presentations at a conference and then I send them some articles. They download. I have this cheat sheet for teachers with tips on my website. So they download that. Maybe they make copies for their staff. And so it it will just be more support for them to do that. And I mean, you've you've been in business, what, what, like two years now? No, just one year. One year. I mean, wow. I was doing it somewhat on the yeah for some training, um, but it's been one year that I've been well, doing it full time. Yeah. So, you know, one year and you have built up all of this, your website, your resources, your your programs, you know, your contacts. Um, and yeah, it's it's pretty it's that's pretty f- impressive. And um you know, I love how you're just making it accessible so you don't have to be, you know, anchored to a certain geography that people, you know, directors all over could mm-hmm. access to could work with you by doing your online classes or, you know, um, so, yeah, very cool. Um, where, I mean, where do you, I mean, you're one year in, where do you want to see yourself in the next year? Oh, good question. Good question, <laughs> right? That's a smart business strategy is to have a a long-term vision. Um, I think, you know, it's interesting. I I guess I could probably answer that now. I feel like a year ago I couldn't because I probably, I I really approach this as like, I'm really on this journey to figure out like what 
my field needs and wants and mm-hmm. what the market will bear, so to speak. So I think, you know, I definitely, to be honest, the my greatest joy is when I can work in a really comprehensive way with programs. Um, so where I'm doing training, where I'm speaking regularly with the leaders in the program or center, and then also working directly in classrooms with teachers. And, you know, you were saying before that I, I can't remember how you put it, but like, I'm very, um, like, hands-on is not quite the right way to say it but for like the improv-based play support I Mm -hmm. go into the teachers classrooms if they want it if this is what they want the help with and I model that with the children and then um, we videotape it and watch it together and talk about it and then they try it out with the children and we talk about that so in some ways where I see myself in a year is I, I definitely would like to always have at least one program that I'm working with in that very comprehensive way because that's how true transformation occurs and then the other piece is that I do want to be offering online courses so again as you're saying it's more accessible for programs that that's the only way that they can um, that we can connect Uh, I think the other thing that I'm really excited about is you know you were saying about marketing and that I have this commitment to my newsletter So I'll just share this for other, you know, I know your audience is mostly business owners. I, from the get-go, I knew I needed to be sending out a newsletter and blogging regularly, but I really wasn't doing that, even though I had been collecting emails. It was the thing I always let slide, but I've been doing it now consistently for the last month. And, you know, people remember that I exist. So then, yeah. They, you know, I've had several requests for uh, to do regional keynotes at different early, you know, smaller early childhood conferences. And so I'm really thrilled about that because that's a way to uh, reach, you know, it's sort of like I want to be able to go really in depth with some programs and teachers, but then also be impacting the field more broadly and be able to do things like a keynote talk. So. I don't know what the perfect mix is going to be in a year. I think I'm still in a bit of an exploratory phase and just looking for what are the opportunities that will present themselves and what do I want to be doing that I can put out there. So it's kind of I'm building the ship as I sail it. Yeah. Very cool. So we're going to take a we're going to take a brief uh, break. And when we come back, we're going to continue talking to Barb O'Neill. So stay tuned. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. 
To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Padar. And our guest today is Barb O'Neill. She's the founder of Transform Challenging Behavior and uh, works with teachers, program directors, and families with young children who are struggling with children's behavior. So it's been really interesting. Um, Barb and I know each other from way back, and it, you know, it's been really cool to see her transition from um, you know academia to consultant. And I think it's a natural transition because you have all of this information and research and knowledge, and what better to do with that than to go out and try to help people through consulting and coaching. So, I mean, Barb, it's amazing that you've only been in business for one year because I think you've accomplished so much. Um, and from your perspective now, is there anything that you would do would have done differently um, if you had the chance to do it again? That's such an interesting question. I, I mean, I think... I don't want to give an uninteresting answer. Of course, there's some nuances to this, but mostly no. I mean, I'm kind of having the time of my life. And especially as we're like nearing this literally year transition mark for me, I'm like, oh, I'm doing this. I'm pulling this off. It's working. Like, I'm going to be able to support myself and I feel like I'm doing good work. Um, So really in the big picture, there's not too much I would do differently. Uh, The only thing I would say is that, you know, I moved cities last summer and quit my job and started my business and I had this great opportunity to go to China for a speaking engagement and a early childhood tour and so I just I didn't really take a break between the mm-hmm. two things and um you know I, I've just recently been and I, you know I've taken days off of course and I've traveled but just recently I, I decided I was going backpacking next week because I, I, like, <laughs> I need to just unplug that's one of my favorite activities so I think you know in in terms of just pacing oneself. Maybe I could have taken a, a week off would have been good. Uh, and just, you know, someone said something really interesting to me when I was making the transition. They said, well, you know, don't just go filling up your calendar with all these things. You know, you're mm. in this moment where you can have some expansiveness. And I, I did and I didn't listen to that advice. So, like, I did a lot of conference presentations over the first year, and that has been how I've gotten a lot of my business. But I think I could have been a little more discerning in, in terms of, is that conference the best match for me? Or um, just looking at how frequently I want to be doing that. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's normal for a business person starting out, no matter what you're doing. It's like you take the work that's in front of you to make sure your bills are paid, you know, <laughs> and then I but I think that's why it's great to have a vision, you know, and, and really like a mission statement and, you know, to take work that, you know, to make that to answer that question whenever work comes in, does this really match my mission statement? Is this going to be the, for the highest good of my business? You know, um, yes or no. And sometimes it's gray, but, you know, I think I think it sounds like you're certainly doing that. Um, but yeah, I think, it's, I think it's a natural thing to do is to just take work because, you know, it's coming your way and you're new, you know? So um, do you have any well, advice? Okay. And I was just going to say, and yeah. sometimes you don't know what you don't want to do until you do it. Right. You're like, oh, no, I, I shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. I think that's that's yeah. very natural and very, you know, um, it just goes with starting a business. Yeah, it's exploring. So do you have any advice for other people who, say, are in academia who um, want to start their own consulting slash coaching business? I mean, one thing is, you know, what I've been doing for a long time is... Uh, collecting people's email addresses when I do a conference presentation. So basically when I started my email newsletter list, I had like a thousand people who had already said they wanted to do that, um, which is not the hugest list. Wow, but that's a lot. Starting off, right? So, you know, I just offered to send them. So especially for other academics, if they have things they've written um, or if uh, folks who are starting a business want to develop an online resource, even while you're, you know, if you're doing presentations as part of your job or whatever your 
reasons are for intersecting with people to say like, oh, I have something, you know, I can offer you to support your work and, you know, I'll email you once in a while. I mean, I was telling people I would email them once in a while for a long time. I only started doing that recently. They're probably like, <laughs> who is she? But, um, you know, so that's one way to kind of build your network of people before you uh, transition. And how are you deciding which social media to be on? Well, I have developed a strange passion for LinkedIn. Okay, <laughs> um, yeah. And I think for me, it's just uh, a way to connect with early childhood educators and directors and, and also other consultants and trainers and folks doing innovative things in my field in terms of webinars or online conferences. So it, for me, it's allowed me to really target um, who I want to be connecting with in a way mm-hmm. the other platforms haven't. But mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say that means that's right for everybody. I think it's just um, like, and I learn a ton from what other people post. So it's, for yeah. me, that's made sense. And I'm, I'm not trying to do it all. I'm really mostly focusing on LinkedIn. From So maybe for folks newer, you know, it, pick the p- platform that you're most having most fun with, because then you'll do it. Yeah. No, I think that's good advice. And you definitely don't have to be on all the platforms all the time. So, um, well, Barb, thank you so much for being with us today. I feel like I've learned a lot of new things about your business. And um, everybody should go and check out transformchallengingbehavior.com. And is there any way people can contact you? Is that the best way through the website, Barb? Sure. I mean, they can, there's a contact form there and you can also reach me at barb at transformchallengingbehavior.com. And I'd be happy to hear from anyone. And if they have any questions for me or, or thoughts on anything we discussed in this. Awesome. So thank you again, Barb. And, you know, stay tuned. We have a lot of great shows coming up this summer and, you know, I don't know, Jody, we're on Facebook. You can find us on Facebook. Anything else we should mention? Leave us some love on iTunes. We always like a <laughs> review on iTunes. It's the fastest way to spread word about the show. So thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in to Let's Get Radical. Please join Liz Gold and Jody Paydar again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, it's time for you to get radical. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.